Before we get started with this week's episode, I want to proactively apologize for the sound quality this week. I don't know what happened, but apparently something got screwed up in the recording, and my sound in particular sounds just terrible. I promise I won't feel bad if you just decide to skip this one after you get a few minutes in. Uh, long story short, uh, we both love the album, and just uh, hang with us until the next episode, which will be in a couple weeks. Thank you. Hello, Trey. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm fantastic. Fantastic? Is there a particular reason? No, maybe I'm not fantastic. Yes, I am. Let's stay there. Okay. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw it out there that you must be fantastic because you are ready to go digging with Peter. Ooh, yeah. So this week, we are talking about the presumably final album from A Tribe Called Quest called We Got It From Here, Thank You For Your Service. Most weeks, when we get to this part and I ask what you know, <laughs> what do you know about this group or this artist or this band or this producer, you respond with, I have no idea who they are. You cannot hide behind that excuse this week. I'll find another one. Tell me what you know about A Tribe Called Quest. Why you got to put me on the spot like that? I know they're a rap group from New York, and there's four members. One of them has passed away, and that I love their music. Booyah. That's about as much as I know. I am, I am not an expert or deeply versed in A Tribe Called Quest lore. Uh, I do have a couple other of their albums. Uh, I have People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. And I've got the low end theory, and I enjoy both of them, but I've never dipped my toes into details behind either of them. And it wasn't until literally today that I realized that this album was released and largely produced after Fife Dog's death. So most of what we hear from him was added in posthumously Mm-mm. were you shaking your head i read it they said they recorded this these are his last recordings so mm-hmm. it's like he was there for the recording and they didn't add in like unreleased stuff oh, okay well then i then i read something wrong <laughs> thank you or maybe well, i'm wrong who knows i don't know yeah yeah well as we as we mentioned time and time again we are not experts we're totally not experts <laughs> don't expect us to know nothing let's see this album did hit number one on both the uh, Billboard 200 and the R&B hip hop albums charts. So it got some attention along with the, uh, the regular cast of A Tribe Called Quest regulars. There are a number of guest appearances, appearances by Busta Rhymes and Andre 3000 and Kanye and Anderson Pack and Kendrick Lamar. Uh, and also Jack White. And more. Is there anything is there anything here that you particularly liked or didn't like or had strong opinions about? I mean, I know you always have strong opinions about something. I don't know. Nothing really jumped out like, 
oh, this is great. It's amazing. It was almost like this is an album that I hadn't really listened to of theirs that much. Like I've heard it in passing. So I really enjoyed listening to music that I hadn't really heard from them before. Everybody in the house said the same thing. They were like, who is this? When did this come out? Is this new? Is this old? And I was like, no, dude, this is like, you ain't heard this either? Yeah, well, it was fun. like five years ago. Yeah. See, my time, my sense of time is off. So. Well, you see, the, yeah. here's the thing is, is they, they got some, they were in the public consciousness for a while pretty early in, in their careers when the first couple albums were released in 1990, 1991, and then even up to like 1993 with Midnight Marauders, they, they were getting plenty of airplay. And then after the love movement in 1998, it was literally 18 years between full album releases. And they only kind of showed up sporadically here and there. So it's not, it's not like they were at the, the forefront of public consciousness when this album dropped in November of 2016. And certainly a lot of stuff had changed in rap and in hip hop between those two albums. Do you think this sounds dated? Is this sound contemporary to when it was released or does it sound like old tribe? It had some of both on here. I mean, like certainly when... in the late nineties, Kanye didn't exist. Well, he was right. alive, but you know what I mean. <laughs> we only were in the middle of something along the lines of what has changed since then? And does, does this sound older or newer? It had both? some both in there because when I listened to Mobius, I said my brain just immediately went, this feels like classic mm-hmm. music right here from hip hop and them specifically. But then I could just, I don't know, it just felt like they did some updating. Of course, they had to because they grew up. And I'm, I think that read something that said um, Ali kept DJing. So mm-hmm. he got to keep doing other stuff. Right. It's not like he was that into totally this. out of yeah. the loop. Yeah. And Q-Tip had his albums in between there. So yeah, they probably brought what they did separately when they stopped for a while and came back together into this. That's why I think it had some of both because Anderson Park, he wasn't on their original stuff. They didn't sound like that. Yeah, when those first albums were released, Anderson Park, he was already like, what, 10 years old? <laughs> yeah. So I, I like that it did have both in there because it did throw in mm-hmm. some of that old like battle rap style beats in there and then also some of the more up-to-date stuff with the the new school i certainly did like that it does sound unmistakably like a tribe called quest there there is no other there's no other group there's no other whatever that quite sounds the same q-tip did most of the production work on this album and he's got a feel for what he wants from this group they get to play their strengths up i'd say that the production style isn't super complex in fact it's it's actually pretty straightforward you don't hear like an excess of samples being schizophrenic i think the closest you kind of get to that is like in solid wall of sound where you get that sample from from elton john from benny and the jets and it just hammers on that same line over and over and over again that Mm. mildly annoying after a while I'll put that on a playlist. It's a good track. It's that one solid water sound line over and over again. I'm like, can we just tell that down just a little bit? That's my favorite part. I felt that one. I love that song. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. we, so we, we disagree are not on totally that one. On this. No, we're not. And Buster Rhymes is in it. 
you know, I love hearing Buster Rhymes because he sounds, his voice sounds so different than anybody else's. Like he's growling at you all the time. Yeah. That is so fun. Was there anything you didn't care for on this? I have no bad notes. No bad notes whatsoever? Not a one. I was going to complain about the moment of silence in uh, Lost Somebody until I paid attention. And I was like, oh, I can't hate that moment. I can't be upset about the moment of silence right there. (laughs) Because it's a moment of silence because yeah somebody yeah yeah then it makes uh, sense but yeah i hear you because if you're just if you're just trying to groove along to the music and all of a sudden there's that cut that's that stop i'm like what? it's like wait what music did something happen oh right right never mind sorry carry on right smack myself in the back of the hand bad andrea I just really like them and i like their music because i always feel like it's thoughtful music it's the kind of hip-hop that i always have enjoyed the most because they have messages but it also is fun to listen to and you can dance to it and sometimes you can have multiple interpretations and it's fun favorite track it's either going to be solid wall of sound or enough or kids or the space program i was going to mention kids i thought that was great you know because it's it's definitely uh everything everybody's telling you is is bull it's it's done well without being preachy. Well, they had Andre in there. Yes, and Andre 3000 definitely yeah. steps up in that. I think that was a great feature because I'm like, that that message with him, like they go, that's two pieces in a pot, I feel like. Mm-hmm. If, I have, if I have one complaint about the album as a whole, it's mm-hmm. that this is, and this might only be, be because most of what we've listened to for this to this point has been albums that are in like the 30 to 45 minute range we haven't had yeah. a lot of really long things and this is literally a full hour there's there were probably parts that would have been shaved off to make it a tighter production but at the same time like okay it's been years since you since y'all have released anything i can kind of get it if you're like we got a lot of shit to say here if we could want to just put it all out and it's the last album. Why not make it long? It's a very mild complaint. I'm not going to. Yeah. That's not a hill I'm prepared to die on. Yeah. I mean, when I did my focus listen, that was difficult because mm-hmm. I wanted to do something else, but I had mm-hmm. to focus. This, oh, that's another thing when I listen to this. This makes me miss the groups that included their DJ and how that changes things for a group, mm-hmm. I feel like. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Like, like you mean where where the where the DJ is integrated in part of the group and he's not just like an external producer brought in? Correct. Kind of like Anderson Pac and Knowledge did no worries. They have a sound together. And mm-hmm. CeeLo Green and Modest Mouse have Gnarls Barkley. Mm-hmm. And there's just the one person singing, the other person with the DJ. Or even my brain is farting. Oh my God. <laughs> is it Thievery Corporation? They have a DJ? And they have a sound. Yeah, when they have their DJ embedded in the group and it's just part of it, mm-hmm. salt and pepper, mm, them too, yeah. It just makes them have a solid, like, consistent sound all the time, even mm-hmm. if they change over the years, and I like that. Did you go on their website and read the little letter this one on this album? No, I didn't. <gasps> you should, it's so pretty. If you go to trapcallquest.com and then click on this album, 
I guess this is what came with the album when you buy it or something. Well, see, I didn't even open up the 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 case to look at the the liner notes. So Q-Tip wrote a letter, a beautiful letter. It made me smile. All right. Well, I guess they they say here this is def- definitely the last Tribe album. Mm-hmm. I guess they're not going to try doing it without Fife. Thank goodness. I do not like when groups try to continue when they lose a member. Does that apply always? Most of the time. Yeah. It's usually groups that I'm probably attached to in some way. Or whether where you're attached to a specific combination of people within the yes. group. Yes. Because I can I can think of plenty of groups that probably did better after losing like a key member or what felt like a key member at the time. But most of my references would be from rock. Like if you go to ACDC after Bon Scott died and they brought on Brian Johnson, and then they went on to sell like a gajillion more albums. And mm. You know what's funny? I mm. prefer um, Black Eyed Peas before Fergie. Before Fergie, huh? Yeah, I like the, the other chick better. Who was the other one? I think her name was Kim or something. Well, I could be wrong. Look it up. But I remember twirling around to their music and then they came out with Fergie and I was lividly upset. <laughs> Kim Hill from 1995 to 2000 and then Fergie from 2002 to 2016. But I felt it when they changed the woman out. It changed okay. the entire sound of that group. And I did not like it. I don't remember where I was ratings tell me your tell me your verdict i'm gonna give it an eight only because this is not my top tribe album well what is your top tribe album it's one of the first two because all of my favorite tribe songs are on those two albums i I think that probably applies for a lot of people the eight is definitely a strong score you know i'm with you on the on the eight this is this is one where that I'm not sure why I wasn't listening to it more already. I don't remember when I bought it. So it's not like I could say, oh yeah, at the time I was listening to more of this or it probably, I probably bought it not too long after it was released based mostly on it being tribe. And then it probably got buried in a pile somewhere. It's just like with books, you, you know, you buy a book, you buy another book, it gets put down on top of it, and then you forget that the old first book was there. I didn't own any of their music until I was a full adult. Make that make sense. I mean, you know, when you're a kid, you don't always have the money to buy stuff. So it wasn't until we were adults that the streaming and download services had really matured anyway. So Yeah, because this was not, they were not in my household. Mm-hmm. I had to catch them out on the street. All right, let's see. Hey, Google, give me a number between 1 and 2,063. 283. 283. Urban Chipmunk by the Chipmunks. I'm probably going to have way too much fun with this one. All right, but we will not likely be recording next week because out of town, at least for me. And that's our show for this week. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening through, and feel free to leave a voice message on our page at anchor.fm. There's a link to it in the show description. Thank you to Dre for joining me, and thank you for joining us. Until next time, be good to your music, 
it's been good to you.